This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Hey everybody, welcome to a new idea that Tom and I have been batting around. It's a variation on the podcast. We're calling it Monday Musings. It's talking about money, but in a different sort of way. Instead of talking primarily about investing in bonds and stocks and CDs and mutual funds and all that stuff that we talk about all the time, we thought that it might be nice to share with you some of our thoughts on the other things we do with money. But we wanted to make it personal. We're not going to claim to be experts on the topics we talk about, but we're going to discuss them from a personal perspective, from our lives. Because we, like you, are uh, we're out there working, saving, and trying to enjoy the money we have and spend it in a variety of ways. And those are the things we're going to try and spend a little more time on on these Monday Musing Podcasts. Things we've done, experiences we've had that involve money and might either entertain you or enlighten you a little bit, help you do things better with your money based on our stupidity or intelligence, whichever the case may be. And so we're going to start it off with something that most people do far more regularly than I do, making you probably much greater experts than I. I claim no expertise in this area whatsoever. All I'm going to do is share experiences with you, not expertise by any stretch of the imagination. And that is traveling, vacationing. And I admit it's something I'm terrible at, but I just returned from a very long, as a matter of fact, I think maybe the longest vacation I've ever taken with my wife. And it, I, it was mainly her idea and, uh, I, I, I did a lot of it for her. I did a lot of it for me though. She told me about an opportunity we had to take a cruise and I'm not a big fan of cruising to Iceland. Now I am a big fan of the thought of Iceland. I, I, I've dreamt about going to Iceland because it's just stunning in my opinion. So this sounded like fun. We live near Disney. We admire the work of Disney. We're not Disney freaks. She's more than I am. She's like a big Pluto fan. Uh, I just admire the quality of the work they do. So we had this opportunity to go on this Disney cruise, and we took it. So we, well, we we booked it months ago when uh, the prices were good, and since then the thing booked up like crazy. And I did a lot of research. I've never done this much research. I researched every port. I took walking tours of them online. Uh, I looked at tours and uh, just what to do in each port. 
I may have overplanned a little bit, which is part of the problem. But anyway, we took this trip from Orlando to London to Southampton, England, where we got on the Disney Dream to sail to Cherbourg, France, Reykjavik, Iceland, Isafjordur, Iceland, Akureyri, Iceland. It's hard to say. I think I'm saying that right. Akureyri. And then Alessand, uh, Norway, which I'd been saying wrong for a while. And then on to Copenhagen, Denmark. So we, um, we booked this cruise and we booked it in a way that is kind of a great way to save a little money. Uh, if you book it long enough ahead, you can book what is called a GTY category. That is a, uh, a it's a guarantee of a certain level. We booked the, a guarantee of at least their lowest level veranda. Cause I like being able to go outside. Turns out on a cold cruise, going outside is not that big a deal. You don't want to do it as often as you do on a warm cruise, but we booked that and we ended up getting a very nice family stateroom because the family staterooms didn't get booked as much as they would on a warm cruise. This was not a cruise that was particularly attractive to kids. And Disney is a family cruise line. They really are for families. And that's what attracts my wife to it. She's not a big, neither of us are gamblers. We don't look for a casino. We're not big nightlife people. We're not big partiers. And Disney's ships, by the way, Disney's ships are elegant. They are truly beautifully designed. If you want to go on a cruise that is reminiscent of an old White Star Line, uh, old canard cruises, the elegant British Art Deco style. Disney does it right. They do that very well. The other thing that Disney does, well, a couple of things that they do quite well. One is their employees are second to none. They're really amazing. The cast members on the cruise even the there was our, our cabin steward was a young woman who had gone from a really bad cruise line, one with a terrible reputation. She finally got her dream, which was to get on Disney. And she was incredible. But most of the other people we worked with are our wait staff and others. These people have been on Disney, had been working for Disney cruise lines for 10, 15, 20, one, even 25 years, as long as they've existed. And that tells you that they do something right with their employees because they treat you incredibly well. The service was extraordinary, even given the fact that this cruise was packed with people. I mean, it was packed, but it is a beautiful ship. Um, the food was good. This is my brief review. <laughs> the, the food was good. Uh, it wasn't extraordinary, but it was good. However, the food in one restaurant in particular, was in fact extraordinary. Maybe one of the top two or three best meals I have ever had in my life. They have on some of their ships a second level of fancy restaurant, of, of extra cost restaurant. They have Palo, which is an Italian sort of thing that's was $40, $45 extra. I think it's now $50 extra. And then they have a, a a restaurant called Remy. I think it has a different name on some of their newer ships. And this is incredible dining. They have a menu that was created by 
a three Michelin star chef, a gentleman who was rated as one of the best chefs, one of the 10 best chefs in the world. And then they had another menu that was created by their executive chef at Victorian Alberts, which rates as one of my other best meals ever at the Grand Floridian. Uh, so it was really, really an exceptional dinner. Multiple course, $125. I think they raised the price to $130 while we were on the cruise, but we got the $125. Really, really good stuff. So food was great. Entertainment, Disney schmaltzy, but very talented young people. Old people, too. And they had one actor who came from the West End of Broadway. He, was in, he had been in La Miz. Um, and uh, the shows, one of the Beauty and the Beast show was gorgeous. It was Broadway caliber. The other two were very Disney kind of song, sing-along, loosely based and written and stitched together. Uh, they were cute. They were cute. But uh, for Cruise Line Entertainment, they were very well staged. And I appreciated that. As a theatrical person, the staging was was incredible. Their their theater is one of the best. We also did get to see the Indiana Jones movie on the ship. Uh, we were going to watch the Haunted Mansion movie, but I looked it up and the reviews were so bad, I decided why waste our time on that. We did do a couple spa thing, which was unbelievably good. It was extraordinary. Uh, and, and so overall, the ship is cool. Disney does a really good job. We've traveled on Holland America before and Disney. That, the, the, I'm not a big cruiser. Holland America was a little too geriatric for us, even though we're of an almost geriatric age. I like the fact that Disney's a little younger, although I, you know, these days it's, you, you look at parents and you go, do you remember when you were young, your parents would like take you aside and sit you out of activities when you misbehaved? You should try that with your children. There were some very obnoxious little people uh, and and teenagers and adults. People are obnoxious. We're just obnoxious. But here's the thing. I made a huge mistake. And it wasn't a mistake I could have known about. I booked travel to Europe in the summer of 2023. That's the mistake. I booked travel to Europe in 2023. Guess who else booked travel to Europe in 2023? Yeah, the rest of the world. Pretty much everybody else. We ran into neighbors from our town sitting at the table next to us at our rotational dining. We ran into some other neighbors, good friends from town. We didn't know they were on the cruise. Everybody decided to go to Europe at the same time darn time perfect example in february we booked a private driver in reykjavik to take us to see the sites around reykjavik the uh, the geyser the waterfalls the the natural surroundings the park all of this stuff which by the way was stunningly beautiful however we went with everyone else. Apparently, the rest of the world was in Iceland simultaneously. We got to our first stop, which was the Geyser, G-E-Y-S-I-R. That's a, it's a lot like a little old faithful. 
And if you've seen one Old Faithful, you've kind of seen all the Old Faithfuls. But we were there. We pull up to the geyser, and it's in the middle of nowhere. And there, and remember, there are only 350,000 people in Iceland. That's the entire population of Iceland. So we pull up to, we're pulling up to the geyser, and there is a multiple mile long traffic jam on this two lane road. And the driver says, I've never seen this before. This is, I wonder if there's an accident. Finally, he works his way up. We pull into the parking lot and, um, look at the, uh, the line of traffic and realize that the reason there was a line of traffic going back for miles is the fact that on the path that crosses that road to get to the geyser is a mass of humanity so thick you cannot move through it. You merely move with it. It is a river of human beings hemmed in by a river of hot water, basically, or little streams of hot water on either side. He said, I've never seen this many people in Iceland in my entire life. So we, we didn't, we didn't just go to Iceland. We went to Iceland with everybody again, beautiful. We went to the geyser. I kind of saw it for a few seconds until I got pushed, you know, with the crowd kind of lifted up and carried along the sidewalk and the cars had no, they stood no chance against the pedestrians. The pedestrians were going to get across that street. Cars be damned. They were willing to sacrifice their children to get across that road. You know, let one take it for the team. As long as we get across this road and see this damn geyser. And so (laughs) it was just a mess. It was packed. It was so crowded. So crowded. And it was that crowded everywhere else. But thank goodness we hired our own driver who was very, very clever. And he knew ways to get places where other tourists couldn't get. So when we went to the waterfall, the Golden Falls or something like that, he managed to get us close enough that that we can actually see it and, uh, and enjoyed it. Saw a few other sites. Saw this cool national park where there's a uh, tectonic plate rift. And they used to hold their uh, Icelandic parliaments and uh sacrifices and um executions there at this this rift in the in the land where people were scuba diving and looked like fun we just did the one day thing and then he got us restaurant reservations at a nice place in uh, Reykjavik that we we enjoyed the food was quite good we got back on the boat and then we of course had to skip our second thing our second stop what's called port of call in uh in isafjordor because the isafjordorians failed to get their harbor dredged in time to get the big old disney dream up the the fjord to the port so we had another day at sea there which was just another day at sea in cold weather i mean what do you do when it's cold because on that leg of the journey to get around to akureyri you have to go clear around the tip of Iceland and cross this thing called the Arctic Circle. Do you know what that Arctic Circle means? It's cold on the other side of it. You're in the Arctic Ocean, named for Arctic conditions, which are cold. It was bloody cold. Uh, we got to Akureyri. We went on a whale watching tour, which, by the way, was not worth the extra money. It just, no, 
once again, we were there with everyone else. The whole world was there. We were on an older ship that went out to look for whales along with like a dozen other big ships full of people, all of whom are kind of chasing around after this one little poor humpback whale who occasionally sneaks up and flaps a fluke. It was pretty much a fluke that we saw whales. That was, We saw the fluke of a fluke whale. Uh, and so that was uh, that was our experience in Iceland. Then on to Alison, Norway, where we took a fjord cruise, which was very pretty, very nice. Uh, then in Copenhagen, and we spent six days in Copenhagen because we wanted to do some stuff. So uh, to save money, because, oh, 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 forgot to mention this. I will, uh, I, I've just, after one experience with a long flight overseas in coach, I, I decided I will never do that again. If it's an eight hour flight, I am paying up to get a better seat. Although I'm not paying up to get to the lay flat seats. The pricing difference was extraordinary. I paid about a thousand dollars more for a, uh, a premium economy seat. I would have paid about $13,000 more for a lay-flat seat. Cost, reward, mm, not enough for the uh, 13000 No, not enough for laying down. I, I got close enough. I took a nap. But it was worth it. The, the premium economy was very, very good. We took Virgin out because they're a code share partner with Delta, and Delta has been my airline for years. Wow, Virgin does it up. Virgin is great. They do an incredible job. Was not as impressed with Delta coming back. And that's another story. I'll get to that in a minute. It's just, this is a, it's a it's a travel log. I'm I'm we're I'm going to take take a few more minutes. Then I'm going to be done. All right. Then uh oh okay Copenhagen. I booked the Copenhagen Marriott with my Marriott points because I use Marriott. I'm a very loyal Marriott customer. I'm loyal. I'm platinum, and so we booked it with points at the. Copenhagen Marriott, which is a nondescript building from the outside. It's a neo-modernist, but it, it fits in with modern Danish architecture. But our room had a view. It, it took the term picture window to a whole new level. It literally looked like the we were we were staring into the biggest big screen incredible television ever with this view of Copenhagen. It was extraordinary. The hotel was very nice. The hotel people were very nice. The internet was very nice. Copenhagen is a beautiful city, a very, very pretty city. We though we thought, well, we're here in Europe anyway. We should probably take a day trip by train somewhere. And we looked around, and I looked and said, you know, it's five hours to Hamburg. It's five hours, five and a half hours to Stockholm. Debbie goes, well, I've been to Germany, so I've never been to Sweden, so let's take the train to Stockholm. Don't know why we did that. Not sure why. I mean, it was a nice enough train. It was fast, but it was in bad shape. Half the bathrooms were broken. And uh, I, had to, <laughs> I had to walk from the tail end of the train to the clear to the front and then back again to find a bathroom that was available. Uh, food was, you know, it's just sandwiches on board, nothing special. And Stockholm, really, for a date, a one-day trip, uh, we went to the fancy department store, which is like NK or KN or something like that, where my wife bought a dress. That was that. And we went back to Copenhagen. Copenhagen was beautiful, uh, but... Really, by the time I had been on vacation for a week, I was done with vacations. 
I think it was in part because I wasn't able to work. The internet on cruise lines is horrible. There's no way to say anything nice about it. Nothing. Not a nice thing. They claimed that you could download YouTube videos. Uh -uh. No, you couldn't. I couldn't even download a small audio file in less than six hours. So I got behind on podcasts, which bothers me because I like being up on those. Uh, I was hoping to be able to do a few little voice auditions once in a while, just because to me, doing voice work is like being on a vacation. Uh, but it just didn't work out. The The Wi-Fi is terrible. I encourage every cruise line out there to please make an immediate call to Elon Musk. I'm sure he'll take your call and buy a whole bunch of his Starlink satellites so that you can give people, people, I'm sorry, I know we're on vacation, but we all, I, there were people all over the ship trying to get on the internet. We, we are, we are addicted and I'm addicted to work. I am. I'm addicted to work. So I had to get back to work. I was so glad to finally get back. But then we had a huge delay. We got a notice of a delay because of stupid traffic conditions in the United States. So we missed our connecting flight back to Orlando. We ended up spending the night at uh, uh, in New York. We went from this lovely Marriott Hotel in Copenhagen to what may very well be the worst Marriott Hotel in America, the Long Island Marriott. You'll have to look it up. It's somewhere on Long Island. That place. Really. It should be uh, it should be relegated to the lower leagues, like a Sheraton or something. It doesn't deserve the Marriott moniker, Ugh. Uh, but it was a place to sleep. I'll give it that, and it was free because Delta paid for it. So I'm not complaining any more than that. But not the most attractive place. Finally got home yesterday. Got caught up on the podcast and just wanted to share the trip with you. In addition to sharing the trip with you here verbally. I'm also going to put up a few of my vacation pictures on the podcast page at TalkingRealMoney.com. So just go to the podcast, find this podcast. You can tell it's got the picture of the man made of like tape and click on that. And then there'll be some pictures in the description area. So you can, you can kind of look at what I was talking about. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. Uh, my, I think the moral of the story is, don't travel when everyone else is. If there's a way to know that, don't do it. If you think that everyone is going to be traveling, don't go there. Go somewhere where you don't think they're going to go. In the future, I really think that most of our trips, if not all of them, are going to be in the United States. I prefer driving to flying. I prefer trains to flying. I wish we had more trains. Uh, flying is just a pain. It's just a pain. We've made it a pain, a miserable experience. And uh, it's sad that it has to be that way. I guess that's it. I've mused enough. Thanks for listening to my musings. And uh, I hope you enjoyed some of it. I hope you found something valuable in there. And uh, I really do appreciate you listening. And tomorrow, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow we should have the Saturday edition of the show if everything gets edited properly. And, uh, of course, we just go on from there doing that thing that we do all the time. No matter what the perspective might be or the topic, we're always in one way or another talking real money. 
hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.